Welcome to the How to Be a Minimalist podcast. My name is Katie and I'm your host. Check the links in the details of this podcast episode so that you can find out more about my books, Patreon, where you get bonus exclusive episodes, and also find out more about my YouTube channel. This is episode number 105, Tips for Beginner Minimalists. Wow, 105 episodes already. (laughs) Hey there, minimalists. And that is my husband, Josiah. Hello. Maybe some of you have not heard my husband before. Uh, How how long has it been since you've been on the show? Mm, Maybe like 50 episodes. I think so. It's been a long time since you allowed me to come on here. Yes, I like to keep him off the show quite often, but... (laughs) You know, for a while, though, we were podcasting together a lot. So, you know, this is kind of like old school, how to be a minimalist. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 why did you kick me off the show? You got busy. <laughs> I, I got busy, too. I just think things changed, but that's okay. It really, there were no hard feelings. Although I was very protective of the show for a long time and would not let him come on the show. I wouldn't let you come on the show for a very long time, like months I think that's good, though, because you needed to find, you know, your voice, figure out how you wanted the show to be and the things that you wanted to say. And I have kind of a a (laughs) strong personality. So it's true. I could if you if you weren't able to do that first, um, having me on frequently would be like, oh, this is I'd be like, this is my show now. Yeah, you you would have you would never be like that because you're not a jerk. But that we have a very interesting relationship where I have the youngest child personality and my husband has the oldest child personality. And sometimes there's like this whole dominant submission thing. And it's not like (laughs) weird. It just, it's like a life station sort of thing. I don't think you can, I don't think you can kick that out of yourself. I've never known a middle child, oldest child or youngest child that was able to get rid of that in their personality. Yeah, it's deep in your brain. It is. It really is. But we actually have a really great relationship because of that, too, I think. But sometimes it can be kind of like a little, little weird. Anyway, I'm glad you're on the show, though. It's very nice to have you. Yeah, me too. I'm so glad. thanks for coming. So we have a new patron. Um, oh, wait, I have to say something. First of all, I know last week's episode was very different and emotional, things like that. We we miss Tasha. We're doing a little better now. Um, but for those of you that didn't know, our doggy um, passed away last week and it was it was tough recording that episode. I was like holding back tears the whole time. But for those of you that came along, thank you. And you're all very sweet. So I hope that this we'll get back to it now. And uh, I just wanted to put that out there. So thanks for listening to that episode. For those of you that did, it was nice to share that. We also have a renewal of a patron. So thank you so much for Bonnie for renewing your patronage. I really appreciate that. And to all of you patrons, thank you. You all keep the show on the road. And if you would like to become a patron for $3 a month, you get two bonus exclusive episodes that come up every month. I am in the 40s now. So there are 40 fresh episodes over there on Patreon that are covering topics basically that I have not covered here or I'm covering them in a different way. So go and check that out. You can find a link in the details of this episode. So is this a, is this a patron who was a patron before but then left and then came back? Yes. That's yes. nice. Yeah. And you know what? She'd been a patron for a long time. And we're also like friends too. So it's, it's really nice to have that support. Um, we've become friends through the podcast. So that's very, very nice. So- I got a new patron on my show the other day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you did. 
you. Really enjoyed my voice. Yes. Uh, now, this is a very family-friendly show here on the How to Be Minimalist podcast. But, well, they upped uh, their pledge, upped their pledge of $15, and then paid me some nice compliments. Yeah. Do you, do you tell them that your, you know, your wife this, they is know we're, gonna They know we're married. This person That's knows true. we're married. It's, That's true. So why don't you tell them real quick about your podcast? We have a podcast called, jeez, uh, I almost said How to Be Minimalist, <laughs> uh, called the Darwin Awards Podcast. And uh, me and my brothers do it together. And we have Patreon episodes as well, so it's pretty yeah. fun. It's a fun. It's we started it just for fun because we like to talk, and um, it's a good excuse for us to hang out every single week. So it's um, very niche, and um, it's not just like listen to us talk because we're funny. It actually has a topic, you know, and it's it's interesting. So, but it is hilarious. If you like brotherly banter, and it's. Just so many strange stories, and yeah, it is. It is about people dying, but it is. I find it <laughs> so interesting, like seriously. But mostly, I just love to listen to these boys. We just—they're hilarious. We research every week people who died that week. Um, doing in a Darwin Award manner, you know, doing something stupid, and then we, you know, we each bring a story and we pit them against each other, and we decide who is the most deserving of the Darwin Award for the week, and then we choose a. A winner. That's it. That's, yep. So you get to... I'm, we're, we're not as many episodes as you are. You're like 100... What are you in? 102 episodes uh, in? This is 105. You guys are getting close to 100 though, right? Yeah, you weren't that 90, far behind me something episodes. when you started. Yeah. It is... It's highly entertaining. So if you want to know more about my husband, go check Thanks. that podcast out. <laughs> it's actually linked in the details of this episode. Oh, so nice. it's out. It's always linked down there. Hey, so for the personal update today... We have been reading the Ichabog, or pretty much Josiah has read the Ichabog to us as a family by J.K. Rowling. We finished it today. It was such a fantastic story, right? Like It's so fun. Like, this is our new, well, it's not new. We've been, how long have we been reading together as a family? Well, we have been doing this this year, pretty much. This is when we started the Harry Potter series together. But we have always read as a family or read to our kids a ton. I read to my belly when our first daughter was, when we were pregnant with my with our first daughter. So we've always read a ton, but this year is when we started reading Harry Potter together. Yeah, it's, it. you know, I remember um, my sister and her husband, they read the whole series together when they were newly married. You know, and they... And they, they oh, would say right. how they just lay in bed the evening before they go to bed and they read a chapter. And I just was so jealous of that. It's such a cool thing, you know. And um, we've read Harry Potter individually, but reading mm-hmm. together as a family with the kids was so awesome. We And we made them hold off for a long time. Oh, you know, yeah. Like, you know, our, our kids are 11 are in, and 13. We would, yeah. we would not let them read it beforehand. So Nope. But then when it was over, we're like, okay, well, what are we reading next? And and I I think this is becoming a lifelong uh, thing and it's just a it is it is a minimalist form of entertainment oh you yeah know, that you get to all sit and do together it's pretty cool absolutely but you you know you can borrow books from the library so it's it doesn't necessarily have to be stuff that stays in your home or you can use digital books if you'd like to we've we actually have some of the harry potter books that i got as a teenager when i first was introduced to harry potter so the kids are already claiming those when we die, which is, I think is hilarious, it, but it, they're not being morbid. It's actually funny the way they say it, but well, they want to read it to their kids. It, yeah. It's a testament to how much that has meant to all of us. So it's, it's been really sweet to be able to do that, but also the delayed gratification, that aspect of it and simple living, like 
not taking something to binge level, just enjoying the way you have time to read it, looking forward to reading. I think it's all very simple living in minimalistic. That's a very good point because we are, I, I myself have found shows that I wanted to watch and I've seen that there's like two episodes out and I haven't watched them because I just want to wait so that way I can just binge my way through it. <laughs> yeah. And that's not practicing delayed gratification. You know, that's definitely not. It's way this is different. We, you know, we have the books in front of us. We can't, because we're not reading it on our own. When we read on my own, we can stay up to like, I can stay up to like four o'clock in the morning reading. You oh know? yeah. Right. But when you have we're your kids, like, want. it's bedtime. <laughs> you know? That's right. So there, it, you have to postpone the end of the book. You have to slowly work your way through it. Yeah. I, I think it's been great. I think it's been very, a very bonding thing as a family. It's, it's been sweet. It's also helped me get to my, uh, books that I wanted to read in paperback this year, which is funny that this is the way it's turned out. But honestly, I wanted to enjoy reading paperbacks and I can't think of a more enjoyable way than doing that as a family, honestly. So the Ichabog, great story. Highly recommend it. It was 10 books for me. I need to read two more to get to my goal for the year of 12 and we'll see if that happens i think it's safe to say also on to some other goals we've been playing a lot as a family we've been decorating for christmas we went and um we went to a christmas tree farm we do that every year and cut down a fresh tree and that was really fun as a family they have hot cocoa and all kinds of sweet things uh we also did some walking but it's been kind of gross and rainy and that's been harder to do huh yeah just too much rain to go outside very much yeah uh also we did a thorough ish house cleaning before we got our christmas decorations out and this would be a minimalist tip that i have for you guys make sure that if you get out your christmas or other holiday decorations out get rid of the things like check your lights toss or recycle or whatever however you can deal with your lights get rid of the ones that don't work well make sure that if you find a decoration that you're like why are we even keeping this uh you can donate some of those things it's just a good time to go through a box that you maybe normally would not go through i don't even tolerate i do not tolerate bad christmas lights they're in the garbage they're just gone i mean one (laughs) we're not trying to fix it oh we look we look for broken lights but yeah you are pretty quick to be like these are done. Get rid of it. I don't want to mess with this. I'll go, if we need more lights, I'll go spend the $4 that it costs to get the strand again. It's I'm not going to sit here and hold on to like half strands of lights. That no. This half works, that half doesn't. Oh, we've done that so many years where we stuffed the an extra end into the tree somewhere. so that we Did we do that? No, we oh, have yeah. not, have we? Oh, yeah. That's horrible particularly when we did not have very much money at all, we would absolutely do that. And I would go through and I'd pull out the little lights. I would be more willing to still go through those lights, but Josiah, he's like, Mm-mm. he's not <laughs> going to deal with that. But also, you know, something interesting on back onto the minimalistic topic here, I guess, I mean, yes, the tip is definitely minimalistic. Like this is your opportunity to go through your stuff, dump out your boxes, get rid of the little bits of glitter that are in there or whatever. But I have noticed that as much as I love our Christmas ornaments, it still makes me wish that, oh, that we would have been minimalist back then because there are some things in there that are kind of like, oh, I probably wouldn't have chosen this item. Or maybe we would have done more things that were like compostable as decorations or things like that. Like I wouldn't go and 
do like the little cinnamon stick bundles or dehydrated oranges or things like that now because we have so many Christmas decorations. I don't want more, but there are so many different ways that you can use things that you have that you can just put into your compost that we don't do that because we we bought a lot of things when we were first married and we we get rid of things here and there but like mostly we just continue to put up the same things right like we don't really add to our decorations very much Mm, i don't know i mean we we try to maybe you're right i mean we speaking of like ornaments we try to get one we get one maybe every year yeah you know a couple ornaments and the kids make them you know with kids you get all kinds of things that you you just can't throw away. Oh, no. No. And, and they don't look good on the tree, you know. Those they are my favorite ones on the tree. <laughs> They're very different I have people, learned my friends. To just be like, okay. Because I, I want the tree to look great. You know, I don't want, I want it to be like <laughs> themed and look good. Oh, um, and I love gosh. the old ornaments that are really nice. But like the ones that were made by your kids when they were three, that they scribbled all over some like little snowflake in my in my head I'm like this does not belong on the tree uh, but I need to get over that and be like well this is our two year old made this you know this yeah. is actually more important than the other things that's right it's true <laughs> but the but but you're right about some things like if, good example here we have a an ornament of a, of a I saw it today it's like two bears holding like a Hershey's kiss or something mm-hmm. and I'm like mm-hmm. what is this it has no significance whatsoever that I know of like and we have it and it it's meaningless and it's gonna go on the tree I don't know like where it came from or why we even have it but it's still I know there. I have it you, I'm sure you know <laughs> I do but I actually that and a particular snowman and a couple of other things I before we return those bins to the storage unit so we full-time RV but we can't keep all of that stuff here. And we do have a storage unit for particular things like that that have been cold through. Of course, you can always, that's the thing about minimalism. You can always find more stuff to get rid of. But um, I was looking at a few of those things. And before we returned the bins to the storage unit, I was thinking like, we should probably get rid of these things, which is why I was proffering this tip here. Because it is, when else are we going to do this? We're not going to do this in July. We're not no. going to go through our stuff in No, July. we're not. And I did get rid of a few things that just needed to be tossed. But uh, those few things I was going to say, hey, can we get rid of these? I was just trying to enjoy the moment of decorating and uh, didn't want to start saying, hey, let's clean up while we're at this. All the kids were trying to decorate. But yeah, there are several things that I think you can say, hey, we don't we're not interested in this anymore and get rid of them. And I I think it's a good time to do it for sure. It's hard um, because we lived in a house. You know, and yeah. we we decorated our house in a minimalist manner, but it was beautiful, mm-hmm. right? We we did a really come oh, Christmas, really we did sweet. a really good job. Like our house was tasteful and and pretty, and we really liked our decorations. And we and like our Christmas village was was just beautiful and amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But now when we pull out our four boxes of Christmas decorations, <laughs> five actually. <laughs> Oh, that's right, because the Christmas village is in London. Right, and so then, my grandmother—that's what I inherited from my grandma—was her Christmas vill- was her Christmas village. So it's like that cannot go in the RV. No, and no, stays. But in the we have unit. to be very careful and pick through the boxes and figure out okay, what decorations are we going to use this year? Because yeah. we can't use everything. Our ho- our motorhome would be full of Christmas decorations. It'd be like mm-hmm. Buddy the Elf lived here. It wouldn't right. work. <laughs> Yes. And so it's kind of hard. It is hard to look through and be like, okay, well, this has to stay in the box. It's something you like, something you enjoy, but. 
Right. Well, and that that's the, the other interesting thing. I would say that it's not hard during other holidays because we have like, what, five Halloween decorations and a couple things that stay. We mostly decorate with pumpkins at Halloween time. And at Valentine's, the, the kids like to do a couple of things. I think we have like a Valentine's Day pillow. There are very few decorations for other holidays, but Christmas is the one that we love and we all love it. And it means a lot to us. And so we have all these decorations. And I wouldn't say that it's like a crazy amount because we have gotten rid of a lot of things, but... It's enough where we do have to still be selective and decide what we want. And, and you know, someday when we have a house, it will probably all come out. <laughs> and that will right. be really fun. That's another thing. We, we're not we're not living in the motorhome forever. It's been no. four years and we feel like the house is coming soon. So if we were to abandon everything in the storage unit, <laughs> we would get a house. We'd be like, yeah. how come I can't mow the lawn? You know, right. I don't have a lawnmower. No. How come we can't? You know? Can't, yeah. And we, we've known that. That's why we've kept the storage unit. And there are various things in there that are exactly like that, that are like, oh, we'd have to rebuy this. And that's wasteful and kind of silly. But, yep, it's it's an interesting thing. And I, I would say all of this stuff has been one of the big reasons why I wanted to talk about minimalist tips for beginners. Because there are a lot of things that you run into when you first become a minimalist that you don't even, you don't know how to deal with it. And so I thought we could talk about some of this stuff. So the first thing I wanted to talk about is when you become minimalist, I think the very first thing you want to do is just get rid of stuff. I know that was our experience, right? Like we were ready to get rid of everything that yes, we didn't fantastic. want. And yes, in a, in a lot of ways, it is fantastic. But I would say that my tip for this would be that, yes, get rid of your excess, but take the time that you need and do it the right way. That way you are actually able to make more progress in the first big purge because a lot of people just go and get rid of a whole bunch of stuff and it's not as thoughtfully done. And so then they either regret getting rid of certain things and they say, oh, minimalism isn't for me. And then they just go back to their old ways or maybe they don't even get rid of enough stuff and then they feel a little bit disturbed or upset that they have to continue going through their stuff. And I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to always have to go through your things. There will always be something that you can get rid of. How many times have we purged and we're, you know, I mean, every season I go through a purge and get rid of stuff in our house, right? Like, oh my gosh, it never ends. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Because you always are going to bring things in or things will wear out. So there's always something to get rid of. I've gotten rid of and rebought tools so many times. Oh, it's yes. But um, we are in a little bit of a different situation. Imagine if we had stayed just in a home and then gone to live the minimalist lifestyle. And then you end up in a situation where you may have gotten rid of things that you needed or you Mm -hmm. may realize like this wasn't working, right? Mm -hmm. And you can back out of it. Yes. You can go back and buy those things. But we put ourselves in a situation where there are many things that we cannot back out of. We're here in an RV, you know? So it's not like we can... Be like, okay, we want plumbing back. It's true. You know, it's it's we're stuck this way. It's true. And I know um, a lot of, I mean, we've known a lot of people who said who told us they've lived in an RV before. We've known a, a lot of RVers. We've seen a lot of them on Instagram. Mm-hmm. We've seen a lot of people who got in. It seemed nice. Mm-hmm. A few months later, they were like, "What was I thinking?" Yeah, that's and they're right. out of it. It's so true. I I honestly think that those people are probably people that did not practice minimalism and had way too much stuff and just felt overwhelmed by all of it 
and felt like their space was really small because yeah, living in an RV is very small and it's, it's also not for everybody. Uh, but it, it's amazing how the limited space really does make you realize how much stuff you do or do not have. But I, I think that people, they get into an RV and either the RV is laid out poorly for them because that's the other thing. You can't really move things around that much. Although we've destroyed, well, not destroyed, we've renovated our house, torn everything out three times and redone <laughs> it. So you can, but you have to yeah. be willing to be very creative. Yeah, there's also all kinds of other negatives to it. I mean, and negatives, I mean difficult things. How right. long did we spend yesterday? Oh my goodness. I, I spent two two days with just all we needed to do was get propane. Yeah. And oh, it took took yes. took us all day long one yes. day because the batteries were dead. We hadn't started it up in a couple of months, so and that took forever to charge up these giant batteries. And then we had to actually physically move the motorhome, which we hadn't done in a few months. So it took forever, and it's just you know how long that takes the regular person in a regular home to go fill up a, a propane tank? It's like. It's over. It's well, like no, a truck comes to your house and fills your tank for you. Or you throw your tank in the back of your truck and you take it over to whatever, you know, place it is. Yep. They fill it up and you come home. But that kind of thing for us is not easy. Also, we had to leave and go eat because there was no water where we were. Yeah. And th- th- these kinds th- this is just 2 days. I mean, this kind of thing happens to us all the time. And I can see where you'd be like this lifestyle sucks. <laughs> Yes. Well, here's the other thing. We are stationary during the school year for your job. But if we were not, then those kinds of things would be occurring while beautiful sunsets and new locations and all that stuff would also be occurring. So that stuff, you know, really, I think they balance each other out. When you're stationary, you're like, why are we even doing this? (laughs) We're not getting I drive past all those people living in their nice, cozy houses and... (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry to distract from your tip. Yeah, uh, taken away from the. See, this is why I wouldn't let him on for a very long time, my friends. (laughs) No, I I think though it's it is really really important to make sure that you're living the way that you want to and spending your time the way that you want to. So I think that you know whether you're getting rid of stuff or whether you are getting rid of obstacles in your life, it's it's okay when you're first beginning minimalism. Think outside of the box. Don't just think about your possessions, but do it mindfully and carefully. And I, th- I think that's an important part. I would say the other thing that you really need to start doing is, well, stop doing, I guess, is stop buying stuff. Because I'm not really sure which is more important, whether you stop buying stuff or whether you get rid of stuff. Either way, if you don't stop bringing things, I'm saying that wrong. It's not proper. Right. If you don't stop bringing things into your home. you Yes. Thank you very much. If you don't stop bringing things into your home, you can get rid of it as much as you want, but you will always have the same amount of possessions. You will never have less. And if that's what you want, that's okay. But if you are trying to be a minimalist and live a more minimalistic lifestyle, have less to care for, less to spend your time shuffling around, you really have to stop buying things and bringing stuff in. Personally, I think that you are better at this than I am, or we're better at this really? than I was at the beginning. When we first started practicing minimalism, I think that you are better at it than I was. It's definitely true. I remember, I remember you getting things. I'd come home from work and you had gotten something. I'd be like, oh, gosh. Yeah. She got something else. Yeah. I I definitely did. I Also, it's hard because I am the main purchaser for the home. 
right? I'm, I'm the stay-at-home mom. I get the things for the kids. I get the things for us. And so that's kind of my job to spend your money that you... Right. My job is only to critique what you get. Right. Yes. <laughs> so like sometimes you'll go grocery shopping and I'll be like, none of this is going to fit. Everything that you bought does not fit here. Yes. You know, that's... But that's not really... Just being no. a critic isn't You're really helpful. You're just wrong. It's not. <laughs> and I'd like to see you do it better. <laughs> no, it's it's hard. But also, I think that my main problem was that we want our kids to be happy and to have all the things that they need. And I rarely buy things for myself. Like, I, I honestly don't buy that much stuff for myself. But even now, I'm always like, oh, but the kids could learn so much from that. Or, oh, that's really cool homeschool curriculum. Or, oh, this would be a really fun craft to do. And so I have to rein myself in and discontinue the purchasing or make it very limited. Discontinuing the purchasing is so helpful. You can practice minimalism so much better if you stop bringing stuff home. Even if you set a little time limit on yourself, like I'm not going to buy anything else until I am done with the purge, that would totally help. Um, And then you can decide what your rules are for moving forward. Maybe you want to always have a time limit before you purchase something. Maybe you want to make sure that you check and see if something else will will do for now uh, before you purchase something. All these things are very, very good ways of not purchasing something and not being like very spontaneous when you purchase stuff too. I think that's also a really important thing because most people buy stuff because they just want to have the fun and excitement of buying something. They don't actually really want that item. Yeah. Buying something feels good. Right. For a moment anyway. Right. It's exciting. (laughs) Yeah. Especially when the package is going to come, you know, it's very exciting. Yeah. It's definitely true. So avoid that and try to ground yourself and remind yourself like this is not actually exciting. It will not be exciting to clean this thing up. It will not be exciting to have to pay for that amount of whatever it costs. All those things are not exciting. So you have to remember that stuff too. Okay, Josiah, I'm going to ask you a question, but I'm also asking myself. So I'm going to answer it first so that you can have a moment to think about it before you respond, okay? Okay. All right. Can you remember the moment or a moment when you realized that minimalism was really important for you? I would say that, you know, asking myself this question, after I practiced minimalism for a good long while, like we got rid of a ton of stuff. I felt like betrayed by it. I I didn't really get it all the way, I don't think. I thought it was just about possessions and raising little kids. I was like, I need to buy stuff. I can't just not have things. And I turned my back on minimalism. And my moment of realizing that minimalism was really important to me was when I realized that buying all that stuff after I'd practiced minimalism didn't feel good. And practicing minimalism did feel good. That was my big moment when I was like, oh, no, (laughs) like I gave up minimalism. I got more stuff. I never got like a crazy amount of stuff. It never went up to the amount of purchases or amount of possessions that I had before. But that was my moment when I realized I was far worse off with all that stuff than without it. Do you remember your moment your first big mm-hmm. minimalist moment? I wouldn't say that it was a moment, no. Okay. Um, I We, we used to butt heads uh, frequently mm-hmm. on placement of things in our home. And you thought that it was about appearances. You always thought it was about appearances. Mm. And as far as I knew, it was about appearances as well. 
you know, but it, it was like, is before we even had children mm-hmm. when we had an apartment. Mm-hmm. And then when we had children, it really came out because we just had so many toys. And I didn't like how things were organized and they're always out all the time. And we butted heads on that yeah. uh, quite a bit. And it wasn't until we actually were living in the RV that I realized for me that it wasn't about appearances. I mean, it is. It's it, it's just connect, it's connected to appearances. Organization is connected to appearance. That's just the way it is. Right. But for me, it was anxiety. It, it was causing me great anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember, and we know this. I've remembered many times when I, when I, when our being in the RV, when things are inevitably messy or something is out of place, um, or it's been a rough day and some you know crazy things happen. Yeah, that's the way it is. And there's, I just, I pace the room. You know, I just can't, I can't get comfortable and I can't relax and I can't be comfortable no. unless things get organized. Yes. And that's not like, that's not vanity. See, I think you always thought it was vanity in the past. Yeah, well, I, I did. I also was not, I I am, mm, let's try to find a good way to put this. I take things on myself. I internalize things. And so I thought that you were being critical of me when really it was about you. It wasn't about me or the way that I would put the kids toys or anything like that. It was about you having peace when you were home from work that's really what it was about and it wasn't for vanity's sake it was because you needed that order to make you feel comfortable and I think that you pace like that or start cleaning up like that because you don't feel comfortable it's like it's it's itchy for you it does not feel right to you and that's a good way of putting it hmm. it's true yeah and I don't take I took offense to it because I thought that it was, you know, like a narrative of how you felt about me, like in the way I cleaned things or did things. And, you know, when you have two babies that you're you've gotten diapers and nursing and all this stuff, it's like, I'm just glad everyone is alive and happy and well and fed and, you know, all the basic things. I don't care where, you know, the the fact that there are a couple of toys out or things like that. But it wasn't really about that for you at all and once I recognized that and once you recognized that and we had conversations about it we've been able to help each other out in that way a lot and I feel very very, not the same it's not the same but I feel very similarly when the kitchen is out of order because I can't cook for everyone I can't take care of my family I can't do the things that I need to do when the kitchen is messy and so I think that you've tried to help me out in that way and I've tried to make sure that things are tidied and Mm. our kids are older now so they can totally help out oh yeah better once you come to recognize it um it you can you can actually get to the root of the problem and Mm -hmm. i I didn't know what the problem was and when i figured out that it was anxiety i was actually told by a therapist that it was which got us anxiety problem it made me feel like a weenie you know like i don't say i have anxiety (laughs) i don't have anxiety Uh... i just (laughs) i just like stuff you know organized fixed (laughs) you know the right yeah. ways. I can't, I can relax, you know? And, and, um, you know, gradually I realized, yeah, it's, it's, it's anxiety that I have. Yeah. It's just, it's just something that I need to recognize. And now I recognize it. You know, I, I definitely recognize it a lot more and I'm able to cope a lot more because I know like, okay, what is bothering me? Cause before I didn't know exactly what it was. I mean, I knew kind of what it was, mm-hmm. but like, I didn't know what was causing such, um, 
it to be so annoying or, or to be like put me in such a bad mood, you mm-hmm. know, or make me cause such internal strife or, you know, in my head, I couldn't focus on things that were actually important because I'm so focused okay. on stupid little stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but now I, um, I'm able to get a grip a little better. Yeah. Just recognizing. Well, and I think that's important, like for you to recognize that it, you are then able to verbalize it to me too. Like that's, that's actually a huge deal because it was, it was a major deal in our marriage for a lot of years. Like it just, it changed the way things felt when we were hanging out or when you initially got home from work or different things like that, when you were, you know, pacing around and you were never mean or anything. It's just, I could tell, I could tell that you were uncomfortable and that bothered me because I want anyone that comes into our home, especially my husband (laughs) to be comfortable. And I just, I, I feel like that was really important to realize that. And then also when I knew that it was anxiety, it was so much easier for me to be sympathetic and say, Oh, okay. I can help with this. This is something I can do. And what are the things that trigger you? What are the things that make it feel good in here? And now, like when we homeschool, it's a mess because you get one thing out in the RV. That's that's another thing. You get one thing out in the RV and the whole place feels messy. <laughs> the whole house literally feels messy because one thing is out. So before Josiah comes home from work, the kids and I have it all nice and messy with all of our homeschooling stuff. And then 15 minutes before he comes home, I'm like, all right, clean it all up. All needs to be put away. You can get it back out after Papa comes home, but right now it's got to be clean. It's so. so funny, isn't that funny? It's like the moment I walk in, I have to feel like comfortable. Yeah, yeah. but it's in. really important for you. It's like so weird. it's significant. It's so, weird. Yeah, and then the days when it doesn't happen, which nobody's perfect. So there are lots of days when it's not like that. But you, you are so much better able to verbalize it than when we were first married, and so yeah, deal with it. Yeah, better. It's good. So my whole point in asking you this question was to remind our beginner minimalists and those of you that are more advanced as well, we need to remember our whys. We need to remember why we are practicing minimalism. And so if you can remember that first moment when you realized why you wanted to practice minimalism, like Josiah, you want to practice minimalism so you can feel peace in your home, right? Like that would probably be your number one thing, I would guess. Yes. My thing is I want to have less to take care of. <laughs> and I I know that that might sound shallow, but it is it's, it's overwhelming it's, like it's, being in charge of the house, right? It's about lowering your your anxiety. It's, oh, just, it's yeah. all the same thing. It really know? is. It honestly is. We all have anxiety, my friends. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, if you can remember that moment or a moment or spend some time creating a moment where you have that moment where you realize this is why I want to practice minimalism or this is why I started practicing minimalism. I think it's really important to hang on to that and make sure you remember so that you can remember that when you are and think of that when you are in those moments where you want to go and buy stuff or you start feeling overwhelmed by your house and you think that minimalism maybe isn't working for you or things like that. It's it's okay to not have it all perfect. It's not going to be, but remembering that kind of keeps us grounded, I think. Moving on to the next tip, I would say that in that same moment that I realized that minimalism was so important for me, I realized that it also needed to expand in my life. Like we don't just practice minimalism as far as possessions go, right? 
Oh yeah, you've said something you talked about many times. Yeah, it's not just about possessions. And that's honestly, you just you just said it a minute ago. Why do you want less possessions? Because you have more less to take care of. Yeah. So really, the the ridding yourself of possessions has doesn't have a lot to do with the possessions themselves. That's kind of like minimalism 101, you know what I mean? But when you get deeper into it, what it really is about is freeing up your mind space mm-hmm. and your time. Mm-hmm. That's the minimalism you're actually seeking. It's true. It's true. I don't think people realize how much their stuff is stressing them out. Whether because they spend so much time wanting new stuff or needing new stuff or feeling overwhelmed by their stuff, different things like that. It's, it is all kind of a head game. There, there's so little that we actually need to survive. It's nice to have the things that you want. Honestly, I always appreciate it when I'm able to have something in my life that allows me to pursue one of my hobbies or goals or different things like that. But when you, when you get down to it, it's important to find a good balance of having those things that make your life fulfilling and fulfill the needs that you have as far as necessities go, but not have so much that it it starts messing with your head and and bringing out that anxiety and stuff like that. I would say that the result of my big moment as far as realizing that my life was worse off without minimalism in it, I realized that I needed to learn to say no more often. And I think that that was where things really began to expand with minimalism for me. I believe very shortly after that, I started realizing I need to say no to more. And I remember taking big steps for me back then to say no to things. I said no to certain activities. I said no to a play group that it just sounded like Lord of the Flies. And we did go one time and it was like Lord of the Flies. It was horrible. And I was like, no, don't go to that play group. Come to our play group. And it was horrible. You know that story well. I mean, you weren't there, but it was awful. But I, I did. I learned to say no. And that was one of the biggest things that I did that was outside of the realm of simply possessions as far as minimalism goes. And I would say that that has expanded from me saying no to actually being more open about what I want and need. And I think that is something I'm working on a lot the last couple of months. You know all about that, right, babe? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would say that this has been one of, you know, as much as we're talking about RVing and the negatives of RVing, I would say that this is something that's actually driven our our goal to RV and enjoy this time, right? Because we have chosen to not have so many possessions and to be able to have experiences instead. And I think that that's another way that we can, that we've expanded as a family, our minimalism from having a whole bunch of stuff to saying, we're not going to have very much stuff into what do we want to do with our time that we've freed up from practicing minimalism. And I think that's been really good for our family. Um, Something you haven't talked about. You talked about our, our new vehicle. We went down to one vehicle on purpose to be minimalist and ride my bike to work every day, you know, that's true. We mm-hmm. lived with one vehicle for what almost four years now. Yeah, and um, we've decided we need another. We needed a it's second true. vehicle. Well, the real problem is you can't ride your bike to work anymore, and you haven't been able to ride your bike to work for almost two years now. That's a big deal, right? Yeah. Um. So I take the car to work, and you're stuck without a car. You take me to work in the morning, and a lot of people at my work they see you drop me off. I'll even have people tease me about it. Like, Do they wife, comment about it? Your That's wife hilarious. drops you off at work. What are you talking about? They're like, you don't have a car. Your <laughs> wife brings you to work. I've heard people say that so many times. Oh my gosh. Yeah. People are so funny. It's not a big a deal to me at all, but 
our car is also probably the oldest one in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> but I have, re- it, it, we have realized like, okay, this is one area that we may have gone too far in. Yeah, that's very true. That is a good point with, with these minimalist tips. You know, that is something that you can go back on. And you don't have to feel like less of a minimalist because you say, that was something that was actually really important in my life and I would like it back now, please. That's okay. Yeah, if you if you haven't done that yet, I, there's probably a problem, right? I mean, if if you haven't gotten rid of so many things that... You've said, "Oh wait, 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 I need to, I need this one back." Like, <laughs> yeah. Then I, I, you're not going to just automatically find a boundary line. Be like, I, I, I did that perfectly. That's true. I got rid of everything I should have, and now my life is mm-hmm. perfect. There's going to be back and forth, of course. I, I mean, there should be, yeah, unless absolutely. you're some sort of god. And this is one way that <laughs> we may have gone too far. <laughs> this is, this is one way. Well, you know what? It when I when I was caregiving. We didn't actually need another car when you were biking to work. We didn't need another car. So there were times when it was like really inconvenient, but it wasn't terrible. At this point, it has become a waste of fuel and all kinds of things to not have a vehicle because now we live so far away from your work that when I need the car, I have to drive him to work and then I come back home and then I do all the things I need to do at home. And then I drive to work, I drive to his work and then I, or I'd run errands and I come back home and I'm just driving back and forth all day long. Yeah. And I thought about crazy many times that I'm driving, like what happens if something happens? Oh yeah. And I'm like, I'm stuck here. Like in case, unless Katie drives the motor home to come get me, which I could, but it'd be a big pain. Completely stuck. (laughs) I've done that before. (laughs) (laughs) I get towed and then we, would they tow the car back to the motor home? And now what do I do? Now where do we go for groceries? Like we're stuck, you know? So it just, we've been living on the edge here for a while with one car. Remember Mm -hmm. when we got the flat? We got a flat on the freeway. Yeah. Our kids were at home. We we got a flat on the freeway on the way to work. work. And I was like, no problem, babe. We got the spare tire. I get out, look back there. There's no jack. Yeah. So we we had taken the jack out of the car. So now I'm calling my work like uh, I'm stuck on the side of the highway. <laughs> yes. That was a very bad, bad day. And we were there for hours you know, waiting yes. for. Yeah. So we went. I, I think we may have. It was it was a wise move, I think, for then. But it, the time has passed now where we needed to get that second vehicle. Absolutely. I, I I love the boundary line. Like you don't know if you've, you don't know where your boundaries are until you've kind of crossed one of them. I think that's a really interesting idea because not that you want to cause yourself a whole bunch of trouble because you went too far with minimalism, but I think there are some things that actually should hurt a little bit. Like it should be a little bit like, oh, and that is what helps you to figure out whether you really need that thing or not. And it also enforces or reinforces why you want to practice minimalism. And maybe that doesn't make a lot of sense, but there are certain things that like I've spent money on. And when I donated it, I was like, oh, I really kind of want to keep right. that. Yeah. But yeah. I also don't because I know I don't want it in my life, but I it hurts like that I spent that much money on that item and now I'm just donating it, which, you know, I hope someone else gets great use out of it or whatever. But it that kind of stuff, it does help you to like stay in line with what you really want to get out of minimalism, I think. 
My last tip would be to make sure that you're practicing minimalism for yourself and not others because it's not like we've always been on the same page with minimalism. There has to be some give and take. There have been times when one or the other of us hasn't even been practicing minimalism, I would say. Uh, not, Not really now, but especially in the beginning, it was kind of a rough start there. And so making sure that you're practicing for yourself and in the way that you want to, I think that's really important. And I think it will lead you to the healthiest way of being a minimalist. So make sure you're doing it for yourself and not for anyone else or thinking you're going to meet someone else's expectations. I like that tip. That's a good one. I would also say don't make other people suffer at the hands of your minimalism. (laughs) That's very true. (laughs) Very true. Which is an easy thing to do. Yeah, that's true. So my minimalist challenge today would be that if you're a beginner or an advanced, take a moment to think about your practices and and ask yourself, are you getting out of minimalism what you really want? Because I think that's the most important part of minimalism. It's not that we are practicing minimalism to be minimalist. We're practicing minimalism to get more out of life. And I think it's important to remember to constantly check that and make sure you're actually getting out of it what you want. Hey, thanks for joining me today, Josiah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I hope you all... I'll see you in 50 episodes later <laughs> more. That's right. <laughs> see you for episode 153 or whatever. Uh, hopefully sooner than that. Hey, thanks for being here. Remember, it's all about the experiences, not the stuff. And we'll see you next time.